Welcome in to the Amon Green Show, sponsored by Doors Plus on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 12-year NFL veteran. He's got some speed to go with strength. Huskers and Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer. Shovel pass to Green into Vikings territory. Finally brought down. And University of Nebraska eSports coach. Look at Green all by himself. 20, 10, touchdown. 98 yards and a Lambeau leap. Here is your host, Amon Green. All right, welcome into the Mon Green Show. I'm your host, Mon Green, along with my good friend and teammate Harrison Arns. How you doing, Harrison? On the ones and twos over there, doing good. It's not not freezing anymore. I know it's, it's like way better. better. It's like it feels great. It's thirty. Like like that's not cold. Yeah, no, I was wearing a <laughs> I mean, crew neck and hot. I was like that's not sweating hot. a little bit in my apartment. Just not not quite used to it. But yeah, uh, yeah doing a lot better here in Lincoln. Obviously. We got Tick Weeknights back. School's back in session, so that means we'll have a lot more of these student-athletes Tick Weeknight shows kind of going back on their regular slots. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got the Daily Nebraskan debuting tonight. That's going to be from 11 to midnight. Uh, Shout out to Ben, one of our producers. They're doing that for the Daily Nebraskan. Give you some recent updates just around here. Uh, But yeah, things are good. School's back in session. The weather's getting better. Nebraska basketball got another dub. Um, You get to see some Iowa slander on their basketball team with Caitlin Clark. I'm sure we'll talk about that. that, Of course. She's okay. Yeah, she's okay. okay. And then, of course, some awesome NFL playoffs as well. And we talked about it. Esports doing great as well. So plenty of things to smile about here at the 1040 Ticket Studios. Yes. So we're going to start with esports, of course, because uh, we got a lot of good stuff. We got a good vibe going at the start of semester here. Started last week with uh, in the back. So the big esports conference, our Big Ten competition for the season. We are at the we just came out of the we started the halfway point. So it's basically like NBA all-star break, mm-hmm. take that little break off, week off or whatever, and then we'll get back. We had a month off, if not more, for most of the teams, and we're back at it. So last Monday, Overwatch 2 team um, beat Purdue. Um, and I was trying to look it up on the website here, but it's not acting right right now. But I believe it was 3-2 to two or 3-1. to one. So we lost the first match. I know it was 3-1. to one. We lost the first match and then ran the last three. So swept them you know, after that. So that was great. Uh, young team too, so that's what I'm excited about. We got mm-hmm. young young leaders on that team that uh, basically learn how to collaborate with his teammates a little bit better, and um, I say with all each all all, the, all each other. And so that looked that was fantastic to watch. And then the next night, I believe it was Rocket League. They got a win and uh, smash. Since it was technically no school next week, last week, so nobody mm-hmm. was here technically. Right. So. Um, that got pushed. I think that got rescheduled maybe for this week or a couple of weeks down the line. And then Valorant played, I say, a good match but didn't get the win. But that's okay. We uh, we understand how it's video games. It's competition. You're not going to win everything. But you got to learn from your stakes, which, you know, we could t- we could watch film on that. And I'm pretty sure, you know, we they have. And so I'll get into that. I know they got practice later on tonight or maybe tomorrow evening is first day of school or first week of school too. So I got to be mindful of that, mm-hmm. but check the schedule and make sure I know when that practice is. So I could jump in the lobby and say, Hey, this is what I saw. Cause I watched their game. I was actually in the game with them. Um, so <clears throat> give them the, that feedback so they could use that to get better. And I'm pretty sure amongst themselves, they know that too. Um, yeah. So, and then like this fun stuff in the next couple of weeks, we got, you know, from the NFL standpoint, myself, um, having a great opportunity from my background being, you know, playing in NFL and playing, being an esports coach. And so I got invited out to two NFL events, out to Pro Bowl 
for a couple of days. And then the week after that, out to Super Bowl. And so Pro Bowl week will start with myself being the play-by-play color for the HBCU Madden tournaments. And it's a women's bracket tournament. It's okay, no, nice. No dudes. I was like, awesome. Yeah, why did they split that? I don't know. Is there competitive advantage? I, I have that's no what idea, I but like, I love it. I yeah. got the young ladies playing right. Madden. I get to see the young ladies go at it. And I'm excited to see what te- between the teams they use, if they're going to allow them to kind of let it get, get a little loud in there where they're trash talking. <laughs> some, some leagues do it. I know the uh, NBA 2K League, when they first started, if you were at their studio and I got a chance to visit their studio – for about a for about one day or a whole day where I watched the games and they could it wasn't no problem with them barking at each other. So their setup was just like what we're sitting at right now. Mm-hmm. It was like this was one team over here, and then it was another like U shape area team looking back at them. I like that though, because that's they you could know, get up and just point at them. I, t- and stuff I think like that's kind of how it should, I mean it's just like sports. Yeah. Are you gonna let them get under your skin or not? Yeah, it's a professional yeah, sport. A professional the pros thing. do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, Kobe, you know, we've seen plenty of video of Kobe. Michael Jordan talking about who is the best trash talker and them going at it. So it was. So I'm interested to see how we're going to set this up. So I fly into uh, Orlando next Tuesday afternoon. I leave here in the morning, and then we have rehearsal, and then the the, the tournament is on the first or the 31st, and then the event I believe is on. I fly in the 30th, and we got rehearsal, and then the event is on the first, and then I fly out Friday back here. But then I fly out, I take a sip of coffee, and I'm going to be right back on the plane out to Vegas. <laughs> With a, and the good thing about the Vegas trip, I got a couple. I have a couple of esports players that could come with me: Clone and Jaden from uh, Call of Duty, mm-hmm. um, team manager, and Z, our school, our uh, esports program president. She'll be able to come out and be a part of the college fair and gamer fest that they're doing. So the same production group is going to be out there, where it's going to be the uh, oh, and my uh, graduate, one of my my graduate assistant Abby Heyman, that was in my sports media class that helped me with that class last semester. She's able to take part because she's a major at the J school. So because it's all about, you know, the college fair is going to be networking, you know. So Alex Fernando, who's our um, J school recruiter, he's going to be there able to talk to high school students about our program in terms of the J school, about the Nebraska esports program, myself as well. Mm -hmm. And then commentating Madden on that Sunday too, the Sunday before. um, Well, so the the game, the day of the Pro Bowl, which is a flag football game. Anyway, I'll be commentating Madden, but then during that day, the students and uh, Alex will be able to be looking around the facility where we're at. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it's like an event center where it's going to have local area high schools from obviously Las Vegas, mm-hmm. California coming in for this event because it's run at Super Bowl. It's the start of the week, and then you know there's colleges that will other colleges along with University of Nebraska, University of Nebraska Esports will be there. You know, showing our programs and just giving everybody information about the school, the esports program, to let them know that, you know, this is something that is within your reach. And now I'm the coach. Here's some players. You could talk to them, get feedback on um, how things are going and what we have here on campus about everything. So it's like the first part of this semester is a nice little jumpstart for Nebraska esports and University of Nebraska and the J school all in the same. It's going to first month. So it's going good so far. 
Oh, yeah, good. sounds like it. Sounds like yeah. you got a busy calendar ahead yeah, too. Definitely um, busy. Real always quick, good. I want to get to the text line here. Yeah. It sounds like we're losing John and Cortland, but shout out to him. Uh, he's always listening. It says Mr. Green, aka Batman. Have a good night. Appreciate computers and gaming. Prefer bird dogs and fishing rods. <laughs> Keep on, young sir. <laughs> yeah. uh, he said too bad track didn't have the money it has now. Again, I think John yeah. and Cortland's a big track guy. He remembers your track days yeah. uh, back then. But going through this, obviously with esports, it does feel like there is starting to get that recognition at least here around Lincoln, what this program is becoming. What has it been like for you as you continue to just kind of try to keep feeding this out here, that this esports program here in Nebraska is growing, trying to get it to these recruits? What has kind of been some of the unknown challenges of just... Because there's people here in Lincoln that uh, they're still surprised when they kind of hear that news. There's an esports team. Yeah. And especially now, it's like, oh, they're doing really well. Uh, what has that kind of been? Just trying to spread the word and message that esports here in Nebraska is growing. Yeah, it's just, I mean, like you just said, it's just the biggest part of just continue to get the message out. Um, and we have faculty members in the house at the J School that uh, that are understanding that too and helping us out. So Christian Anderson, who is, he does a lot of media classes, so media production, and they put on, they work with the, I believe, uh, what's the one? Um, it'll pop back in my head. It's, it's a nice name. It's a production ad agency that's right across the way into the uh, Children's Museum that's right across the way from the J School. And <clears throat> it'll pop, I mean, the name will pop in my head, but long story short of it, he has a class where he's going to have 50, close to 50 students that will be able to give us access to their to their work. So they're going to help us in social media and production. So basically be our own little mini, I want to say mini because it's 50 students, including our students. So you're talking about 60, 70 kids throughout a semester collaborating on content just for Nebraska esports. So it's going to be basically like Husker Vision, but for esports. And we'll be anything that we got coming down the line. So content that we'll you know, develop from what we're doing this Saturday. We're doing our another team activity, mm-hmm. take pictures, shoot video, send that to the social media team, chop it up, then throw it on social media. When we go to Super Bowl, take pictures, take video, get them back, chop it up. Again, throw it on our website, throw it on social media. So you know, having that right there, it just then spreads the, uh, uh, I say awareness. You know, people have, if you go to, you go to TikTok, you go to uh, X, you go to Facebook, you go to our website, you go to J school website, mm-hmm. you go to J school, Twitter or X and Facebook and Instagram. It's everywhere. My Instagram and Twitter, X, I'm going to make sure I'm posting it, hashtagging it because the more we get it out that way and then high school starting to see it. And, and like I'm in my already fourth time teaching my intro to esports class, but third time here at Nebraska. So now we're doing where we're going to be working with some of the local area high schools to develop esports uh, events for their esports team. So the high schools I talk to, they have esports teams like Lincoln Northeast and Lincoln High and then facilities like Sportsplex, Kinetic down on West O. Oh, yeah. And uh, the Bay that's in the area, they they want to do some um, events with us. So I could use those students along with my class students that I have in intro to esports. Um, special topics so just a lot of good like i said vibe and stuff but that all that is working to bring everybody in so working with the local high schools those kids eventually go home and say hey we worked with college students or we work with some guy named amon green we think he played football you know mom and dad <laughs> you know the kids may not know very well which is okay yeah, you know that will light up or <clears throat> mom whoever the bigger husker fan exactly is. i'll just say yeah, yeah go ask mom and dad <laughs> who i am and then they're gonna be like what what's he doing playing video games you know so They'll be that that word of mouth will spread, and mm-hmm. the coaches at the high schools that I already reached out to, like they were already like on board from day one a year ago when I got here, and so now when I brought this to them, they're like, "Yep, 
Is that it? part of the dream for you? Is building this Nebraska yeah. pipeline? Yeah. Just so like we're getting sure we're making sure that all the best esport athletes here in Nebraska, there's a direct pipeline to Nebraska esports. Yep. Between that and then having the best facility too mm. for their for their talent, for their gaming talent, for their production talent, and then for their innovation talent. You know, uh, product. You know, I say production is not just having a camera on you as you're playing. Is knowing what that camera is, knowing then what the be- best microphone to have to hit, make sure the players can be heard, mm-hmm. um, making sure you know how to set up the stream or you have, we have some of the students that will be graphic. They have graphic art design backgrounds already and they're making up our post or they're making up our, our website or they, they're cutting together, working with the media um, students that will be in coming out of um, the professor Kristen Anderson class. They put that media together and create full length movie preview sizzle reels for the, awesome. for the esports program like we're planning out some good stuff today because we just ordered some new jerseys so we're going to put a, a, together a nice jersey sizzle reel to unveil it to everybody that is not here so they can see it on our social media and of course most colleges what do they do today right oregon mm-hmm. we talked about this during the season oregon got a thousand combinations of jerseys to to football pants and so it's just doing that same thing for the high school students here in nebraska lincoln and all you know all over the state and that watches this show and watches our show to meet social media. They'll have that to think about when they're looking at other schools to go for um, their major and also to play esports. Yep. And uh, it's, it is exciting. There's always kind of that timetable. I think we've talked about it before with parents trying to understand what does this look like for my kid? You know, mm-hmm. how serious what are kind of the limits and when maybe pull them off or it's okay if they play for a couple hours here but we do have one unknown texture my son's in junior high and big into gaming mm-hmm. do you do anything with junior high school kids uh, he's currently in seventh grade yeah we actually were we actually got a couple eighth graders that showed up in our esports production camp this past summer oh that's awesome so we had a couple eighth, eighth graders, graders learning yeah. that early so they'll set be, themselves up well so yeah he could hey he's going to be graduating going to the eighth grade hey he could stick him get snuck in that little sign up Mm-hmm. Um, it's a uh, big red esports uh, camps we did with 4-H. Yeah, and they, they that's where the 4-H that's where they had the camp counselors, and we just basically did our what we do every day. Like I'm teaching this class, so I basically taught them how to in five days. Myself, uh, Alan Eno, that was our you know head production guy. He was on there in the class with me, teaching the kids basically all the equipment, and then creating a run a show like we do here. You know, with a program, we're programming, mm-hmm. you know, the radio show. So we're programming this esports event that we did that final Friday, that Friday for them, starting on Monday by Friday, we had an event all planned out. That's it, awesome. It was fun. So, yeah, you know, we, if we could get, I say eighth graders are definitely on there because we had two in the group this past <laughs> summer. So we definitely could get them in there. Yeah, and it's always worth, you know, I think to uh, at least go go out and try it. Maybe it's not even the gaming that catches your eye. You kind of talked about maybe you go there and you see all the production work behind the scenes and yeah. that maybe catches your eye. And then all of a sudden, uh, instead of pro gamer, you see someone who's like, let me just build this production resume and see where I can go with it. Yeah, Cause that's a lot of it. You know, you kind of talked about with your classes. A lot of that all correlates. You know, if you're working with the social media team, you're, you're going to be working with a lot of other groups, putting all that stuff together, working with the actual quote unquote gamers as well, getting all that good content out. And uh Working this job, the production world just keeps growing. So yeah. <laughs> definitely get involved. Maybe you realize it's not the gaming that's intriguing, but if it is, like, yeah, we gotta we got a program here too with online game yeah. for that. Exactly. And and the biggest part is the hands-on part. Yes. That's the part I explained to my class. And that's the whole kind of the mantra of the J School. It's like we basically will show you a camera, 
and show you how to use it. And it's like, look, all right, you got to go out on Lincoln or wherever and get some content, bring it back and then chop it up, make it look good, make mm-hmm. it look look all fancy with the bells and whistles and then do it again. That's your assignment. And they were like, they were like, oh, you know, and most kids, every time I hear a faculty member say that line to me, I'm like, I, I'm that kid. I would be that kid. You just give me a camera, um, some lights, uh, a boom mic and whatever, and I'll make it happen. I'm going to do something with it. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's what these kids get to do, you know, being at the J school. Yeah. And I remember doing a few of those where they go out there and you interview random people. Um, it was always a lot of fun. Definitely gets you out of your shell doing all to. that stuff. Yeah. It, it throws you out there. I remember cause we all went, I went straight to the student union after class. Um, shouldn't have taken a break because by the time I got to the student union, everyone I was asking was like, yeah, this is my third time being interviewed. Apparently everyone beat me to it, but it kind of broke the ice a little bit for me. But yeah, I yeah, always recommend um, just go check it out. You know, if, if your kid's into gaming, it's not, maybe he's not the pro gamer that he wants to be, or maybe he is or on she, that route or, or she, she. Yeah, yeah, as we're talking about. Uh, but it may, with that scene, there's so much involved in it outside of just the gaming in itself. Uh, we've seen the markets. If you're anywhere kind of near the market these days and you're you're actually pretty solid at what you do in terms of production, yeah. there's people that'll hire you. And uh, they'll pay you good money if you're good at what you do, especially yeah. with the camera stuff. Um, was that something you ever got interested in? I know you're a gamer, but as far as the production, you do your own streams. Yes. How what is that for you? Is it more you're interested into the gaming and being an entertainment, or is it more I do like all this behind the scenes stuff? I, I kinda like it all. Okay. Just like football. Like I knew if my team needed me to do something, I, was, I told Coach Solis, remember when he asked me to, if I was going to redshirt, I was like, look, I'll punt the ball. <laughs> I am not redshirting. I know I could do it. I punted in high school. I had a 40.5 average. Let's go. That's not bad. Yeah. Right. Take so that. so same here. Like I stream. I host a show. I do play-by-play for actual football games, and I'll do it for Madden. I'll do it for Rocket League. I'll do it for Valorant. You know, I tell the kids all the time, but they, you know, they want to do it themselves, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, hey, break, break in case of emergency. You can hit up Coach Green. I'll shoutcast like League of Legends with you. Let's get it. You know, so being a, dra- a jack of all trades for me in this instant, it's like not a problem. I'm like when um, when we were talking today with um, when I was talking with Christian Anderson and his two ladies that was sitting there. He's like, "What do like what exactly are you doing?" I'm like, uh, I, wonder, "I pretty much said like everything." Like, what do you need? I'm like, "We got social media. Yep, we need help there, or not mm-hmm. help, but more hands on deck. Yep, we need it." We already have a group of kids doing it. They're doing a fantastic job, but to get some extra hands, so we get more posts out in a week. You know, where we only we only get the four posts that we do for the games, which is enough in seven days, right? Yep. Four posts from one um, account is plenty. But when we then mix those posts up with a static post to then an animated post mm. or live action that was called B-real stuff of us playing the game, like one idea we talked about was asking one of my esports players for the on the four teams that are competing in the big esports conference, or really it doesn't matter which esports player or team competing on the big screen or not. How about we, can we send some social media people to your room, your dorm room, your apartment to take some shots of you while you're playing, you know, maybe do a little interview after you're done playing. Mm -hmm. And then we put that on social media. You know, how does it feel to be playing here? You know, it's a win, it's a loss, those type of, you know, conversation that we see, uh, we were watching on this weekend when the, the big NFL games, all the great ga- games that were played this weekend, it's post-game interviews. Mm-hmm. You know, So we have a Rocket League player, a Smash player, a Valorant player, an Overwatch player play a good ma- game, good or bad, but they have an interview. And they, and that teaches that that athlete, right? It then gets them ready for a microphone in their face. Because a, you know, a lot of esports athletes, I've seen it, they don't have that, that training there yet. So it gives them kind of something – 
that they don't expect. Because usually a game ends right now, then they just go and jump on another game. Mm-hmm. They're not getting ready for an interview. So it gives them that, that type of skill set that they don't realize they're going to have to have. Because we got players that already told me, Coach, I want to go pro. You know, I want to go pro in Rocket League. I want to go pro in Overwatch too. I want to go pro in League and Valorant. So, okay, if you're going to go pro, part of being a pro is doing this. You're on a mic. You're either answering questions or you're asking them and then rebuttaling back yeah. and forth. And we we've seen it go wrong for both parties. Exactly. You know, one side's doing something wrong or just not too long ago, Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, that's yeah. the time one. The reporter asked him about, you know, this is basically his last game. You don't do that after a loss. No. Like a direct loss Same right after. Did that to Mike McCarthy. Down. And I'm like, that's just, yeah. that's just bad style of reporting. Mm-hmm. As an interviewer, that's a question you know. Just common sense. Well, especially the respect. Don't that, ask. Like you're saying, Tomlin's shown right. over the years. Like probably one of them, like when it, in terms of the media, um, he's always treated the media very well yeah, with utmost you, respect. So I was like, he gives when you, you good stuff. stuff like that, it's. It bothers me when it's like, come on, he, he's been feeding you good stuff for years. All the time. That's like way too sudden up a question. You got to have that dual respect. And it showed. It didn't, you can imagine, just didn't go well. No, <laughs> so it did. That's why you got to have that understanding, whether the reporter or the athlete, how am I going to handle this situation? A hundred percent. So that's an idea. So I'm going to put that in the Discord tonight to see who says, yeah, I'll do it. I know out of the almost thousand club members, like it doesn't have to be a varsity player. Mm-hmm. We could take any of the club members because we're all a community there. And we're already basically trying to grow together. So anybody, varsity, JV, club members that say, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll invite somebody into my um, my stream that'll be in the room with me while I'm playing the game. And then when it's over, I'll sit down and do an interview. Then we could use that content for a Nebraska eSports, for TikTok, for YouTube, for X, and continue to grow it out there. Because the more we do different things, then we'll catch the eye of all the kids here in Nebraska and obviously outside the states as well. Because the biggest thing is this, kind of go everywhere and be seen everywhere because that's how you end up growing we're growing a little bit faster do you do you have a little bit of an edge in terms of your production team that uh the standards are there are high in terms of you see what nebraska football the volleyball what they put out on their social <laughs> media yeah do you guys have a personal edge that we're we're the media group like we're gonna dominate this 100 percent. because christian anderson what i've I've only been here. i'm right at a year now yep and he's that guy <laughs> yeah. and i always seem to gravitate towards those those guys so those guys are gals yep i find somebody that they are really good at what they do and just so happened his office literally right like two three steps from my office and he's that guy and he came to me right before yes in production and in the classes he teaching his students already i was sitting next to a couple of them today and they were taking notes they were being real professional and i'm like yeah this is this is going to turn out (laughs) this is going to turn out good because he already got an award last semester for um their production of, of of some stuff and oh man it's just fantastic i'm just trying to think of the name i know the name i'll get it by the end of the show here um and uh, it's just knowing that i got those that support system and even when i i saw z who is the nebraska club president nebraska esports club president i told her to buy a shoe and she just lit up oh my god you know and she already knows yeah we got a production kit and we're just we're just adding on to the roster you know, and that's what she she was like, we're fine with that. That's mm-hmm. great. We can help Sam with production and we have a couple more kids that could come in and help him out and help with all the streams, not just one or two streams, but all the streams. But then take that content, do what they do in the studio, make it look good, put some nice transition, some nice stingers here, you know, graphic there. And then it looks like a full on production that you see on regular TV or you see when you go to the movie theater. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like. 
that's the stuff that gets you excited. And like for me in my background, not even I said going, I said going into the background of me being a kid watching movies growing up. When I saw that first scene of a movie when I was a kid, it was like, oh, that's cool. But now as an adult, when I understand why a movie's built and how a movie's built from start to finish, then I'm like, yeah, I'm dealing with a good production group right here. <laughs> and so when I saw his video, we had a big teacher's meeting a couple about two months ago, you know, a couple months before Christmas break. And I'm like, everybody started clapping. I said, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, good job. I'm like, that is awesomeness because these young kids don't realize sometimes, you know, the confidence don't, is not there. They don't realize how good of a work they produce. Yeah. You know, the kids don't know until they either get an A or somebody said, oh, my God, that's awesome. And so when the kid gets hears that, it's like, oh, man, just like when people told me, oh, man, oh, man you did, just had a great game. Good game. And I, then I saw the stats, too. I was like, oh, that means I'm going to go out there and play harder, mm -hmm. you know, to get better and win more and what have you. So to have these young um, production people along with the gamers all collaborating, that's the beautiful part. Teamwork makes the dream work. I say that about four times, five, five times a day. But it would be great for them because it's, it's building that confidence with them as a production person. Then all you know, as well as a gamer, to understand that hey, we do this right, we have some fun with it, and we are because we're doing a passion mm -hmm. thing, not something that is make somebody's making us to do. There's something here. We're doing something that we passionate about, and it'll come out. You'll see that in in the in the product once it's done, basically. Yeah, and that's just something to watch. I'm curious to see what it continues to build up to because mm -hmm. you know, and I'll just give credit. I, I mentioned football and volleyball, but pretty much across the board, I'll say when it comes to Husker athletics. Um, even just their academics page, the social media team kills it yeah. on about everything. Like there's so many times where I'll see Husker stuff trending and it's not always all Husker fans, just the production well, value is that high that yeah. anybody watching is kind of gets goosebumps, even if they're not a Husker Damn, fan. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So again, uh, something to watch and then definitely subscribe to them on Instagram, social media. If you haven't yet, uh, definitely a great way to support the esports team and it'll give you updates whenever their next matches are. But with that being said, we'll go ahead and throw it to our first break here. This is the Mon Green Show. Harrison Arns on the board running the ones and twos Host is always to my left. We'll talk to you guys on the other side. This is the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Doors Plus. All right. Welcome back into the Amon Green Show. Harrison Arns on the <laughs> ones and twos. The host is always to my left. Amon Green in studio here with me. Made it back before he heads out to Vegas getting ready for some more events coming up here shortly. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you stay organized? Are you a calendar guy? Or yeah, you just I, I'm a, no, I'm a hundred. If it doesn't get put <laughs> on the calendar, I, if I call somebody or email somebody and if I initiate the contact, then I send the invite. But if they call and, you know, reach out to, to me, mm -hmm. phone, text or whatever, I'm like, all right, can you please send me an invite to this email for my calendar? Because if it's not on my calendar, it will be forgotten. And then or it will get double booked because <laughs> I've done that several times <laughs> to myself in the last few years. I'm like, wait a minute. And I almost did it a couple days ago. <clears throat> I was got invited to go down to Southern University to talk about what I'm doing here. And to talk to their students about esports and some other things, and and the date kept ringing in my head, March 9th, March 9th. Then I looked at some, I mean, just a couple of days, like an hour went by or two, and then all of a sudden I looked at some, and I'm like, there it is. I found. I was like, I, it just wasn't in my calendar, but it was like somewhere in a note somewhere I had <laughs> that is another event that I have to do here. And I'm like, I'm glad I found it. So I emailed uh, the lady from Southern University. Sorry, I, you know, I got another event on this day. Mm -hmm. Maybe another time, you know, I could come down. And she's like, no problem. I'm glad you were able to let me know right away. I'm like, 
perfect. I yeah. So. It's always genuine curiosity because I look at guys like DP, you, um, and countless others, and I'm like, I don't get it. You have to put it in the calendar. I mean, I don't, it, like, I'm not I'm not organized by I'm, – no, I'm not. But Organized by force? But one, yeah, by force, when I say as long as it's in my calendar, I'm good to go. I could get everything else lined up. As long as I know whatever I'm doing at a certain time, it's in that calendar. I got a Google calendar. I have my work calendar. <laughs> I don't know. I need to dumb that down. There's too many calendars, so I can keep it all in one. I think I've been doing that with my – whatever's in my work, I kind of throw everything in there. So just in mm-hmm. case I don't have to go back and forth between multiple little time management there. So Yeah. Well, speaking of the calendar, there is one event on the calendar that seems to be cyclical, and that is the Buffalo Bills losing to the Kansas oh. City Chiefs. Oh, my goodness. It is – Absolute torture if you're a Bills fan. I don't I for a long time. This too. game really hurt because it felt like this was the year. Um ne- next year I think the Bills will be in a little bit of cap space hell where they're gonna have some really tough choices to make on yeah. the on the how much their team stays together, which guys are you letting go, which guys mm-hmm. are you spending a little more money on to keep around. It's gonna be a tough year, but there was dropped passes that not just one, everyone's gonna talk. Um, you know, about you know, that one at the end there with Diggs where it goes mm-hmm. straight through his hands, but yeah. there there was multiple Big drops. Davis had one. It was a tough grab, but he still had it in his hands. Mm-hmm. Rolls off on the ground. There's a few other ones throughout that game. You somehow get the fumble back. It turns into a touchback save. Get lucky there and still found found a way. Wide right. Nightmare words you want to hear if you're a Bills fan on the field goal. Overall thoughts. I, Man, I just feel bad I mean, for Bills fans. I really thought this was going to be the year for him. True. I mean, I've been watching this unfortunate moment for all Bills fans since I was in my early pre-teens. With the three-peat? With the three-peat of the Buffalo Bills, Jim Kelly, Andre Reid, Cornelius Bennett, Thurman Thomas. You know, those are their, their main dogs on that team. Yeah. And a few other guys, Daryl Talley and Ted Johnson. You know, just guys that they were pro bowlers, Bruce Smith, mm. and it just would not work out for them. I remember watching the game where they played against Warren Moon and the Houston Oilers where – Warren Moon and the Houston Oilers goes up big on them. They're up like 20 points. And then slowly but surely the Buffalo Bills come back and win the game. That gets them then either to the Super Bowl or to the AFC Championship game. And then they win the AFC Championship game and go and and face. Because the three times they went, it was either. It was twice against the Cowboys and once against the Commanders at that time. You know, and all three times. Just Hell of a game. So I watched all three of them. I was like a, a football fan, so I watched Super Bowls. Those three in particular. A um, little bit of a Cowboys fan because of Emmitt Smith. You know, it was just – and to see how they lost, you know, tough games, but they fought all the way and then to have it still there. And it just – it kind of rang in my mind like, man, it's been that long. Yeah. Where they haven't got past this level or this round in the playoffs. Even if they got to – even if they got to the Super Bowl, the question was – the next question would have been, are they going to get the victory? Because we know all the other Buffalo Bills with previous Hall of Famers didn't get the win. Mm-hmm. You know, why Why left? And I'm just like, when I saw that ball go up there and then I, the, knowing the weather, I mean, the, whole wind, the wind just took it right. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's getting a lot of – that's what he's that's tough rough. as a kicker. Because it's out of your control once you kick the ball. Mm-hmm. And then it did, <laughs> it did – I wasn't there, obviously, but it definitely looked like all of a sudden that ball – got caught by the wind, and it just got shoved right. Um, Man, it's like 
was there Spider-Man there? And he just webbed it and brought it to him. <laughs> it was <laughs> wide it looked right. Like, it was bad. It went right fast. So I'm like, man. Yeah. I so, mean, you had Buffalo fans. Old grown men crying. I think I might have been crying. If I was... <laughs> If I was there for that three-peat run and say I've been a season ticket holder and I'm there for years and I'm right. like, oh, that's because rough. you're at home yeah. uh, and you got you got Kansas City on the ropes, Kansas City on the ropes. You guys are, you know, doing everything you can. Don't you guys are at each first other. half too defensively. Yeah, I thought, oh, Chiefs are in trouble. They're right. getting manhandled yep. on the run game right now. I was uh, like, what? And so I was like, this could be some serious trouble. I, I need your help on this, though. And 402-464-5685, anyone, if you want to point out, what what did the Chiefs do in the second half defensively that really put the Bills and slowed them down quite a bit? They, the time possession um, was mostly the Bills, but that Chiefs defense was getting absolutely manhandled in the first half. I mm-hmm. couldn't really see anything different in the second half that was allowing their success. Um, I would have to say probably giving in Pachenko. You know, giving him the yeah. run game. Getting the run game going will take will basically nuke time management, mm-hmm. nuke possession. So you will then gain where your defense rests up now, and that's why the teams that run the ball, like the Ravens, like the 49ers, that time management, then the defense comes out 100% because they didn't set on the sidelines for anything from 5 to 10 minutes. And so Pachenko, he had about 89 yard, 80, uh, 97 yards and a touchdown. 15 on 15 carries and 6.5 average so that right there is something that i saw because obviously kansas city with pat mahomes and i you know andy Reid know better you know he he knows his team uh, he's gonna do what they like to do is throw the ball around but then when you get into one of them games you gotta make one of them executive decisions as a coach to understand okay this is not our usual makeup of a game like we, we like to throw it around and let our wide receivers make plays after the catch but we do have a run game. We do have um, Edwards at Elair also, and then Pachenko coming off the bench. They both did well, ran hard, and Pachenko, you know, he was a little beat up, had the ankle, still came in there. Edwards Elair had 31 yards. That's still something, you know, letting letting that bear, uh, Bills defense know, look, we are not gonna do what we usually do. It was could be it was already as we know as as the score it was a shootout, but. That run game slows the team down, and then defense gets a little bit more energized in terms of the Chiefs' defense. They get rested. So then you could defend Josh Allen, him running the ball, him passing the ball a little bit better mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the second half. Yeah, and that's that's still the part that bothers me because I thought the Chiefs definitely played. I, I was obviously rooting for the Bills yesterday. Not, I don't really have anything against the Chiefs. Just kind of like, right. it's like your Bama. It's like your Patriots. Yeah. It's, you guys are winning a lot. I'm kind of getting tired of it. But <laughs> I don't got any real animosity right. to, towards the end. But I was that's rooting for funny. the Bills. Um, and yeah, it just felt like one of those things where even even though I felt like the Chiefs stepped it up defensively, there's still so many plays where I was like, you got to be kicking yourself if you're a Bills fan. You know you can't afford these big drops because no. the ball, I think even if they get the field goal, you know, Bass getting a lot of slack for it. Yeah. I'm still a pretty big believer. I think Mahomes finds a way to get to OT again oh, or yeah. go ahead and win the game. Yeah, he wouldn't have died easy. Mm-hmm. None, of them, none of them players that's been on the – the last two weeks of football fields around America, um, Josh Allen, uh, Pat Mahomes, uh, Brock Purdy, all those guys, they're not going to die easy. They're going to play hard to the end, and we saw that. And, like, on that last pass for Josh Allen, you know, just remember seeing Chris Jones taking that tackle and putting him in Josh Allen's lap mm-hmm. as he's throwing the ball. Yeah. So it's little things like that people don't realize 
when you're you're a right-handed quarterback and you got a left tackle and a D lineman basically falling into you, can't follow through that throw. Yep, and you could see it on the replay. Right, as and soon so as he let go of it, he knew. Those are those are the things that you when you ask that question why they couldn't do. So they were now the defense was like either yeah. well rested or saying you know what if we just push a little harder we do these we don't have to do no big things but get in his face slow him down that way but keep him in that pocket then that happens and then it's an under throw it's not the throw that he was trying to get to make the completion and then boom they got the ball back now he could do the best uh, formation mm-hmm. in football victory formation let the clock run out and get out of a place they know I mean if any of those chief players they gotta know how I say hard that was Buffalo with the team they have and it's traditionally for years even back then we're talking we started with this conversation talking about the teams from the 90s and the 80s that made it to the Super Bowl a tough play to play it's like a Green Bay for one it's cold right now Mm -hmm. and then the crowd Bill's Mafia are loud as all get out and so you have all the elements of they got ammunition this time around too throwing snowballs all game long oh yeah and that part I was like is that legal the funny part was is I think they were like finding unique ways to bring it in with them because I thought they could clear a lot of the snow, but uh, there's a few times they were just looking around. It looked like people were just out there finding unique spots like on top of places they didn't sweep and they'd go grab themselves and clean Is that snowball. what they were doing? Oh, yeah. man, because I'm like, they could get kicked out of the stadium for doing that because I know Mahomes got tagged with a few. Yeah, as soon as the game was over. and uh, I was like, oh, man, I'm like, I wouldn't be throwing I said, I would want to keep my, my uh, season ticket. <laughs> if I was a Bills fan, I'd do a look around and be like, how many people are throwing snowballs? Yeah, there's no way. They're yeah, they can't get all of us. They can't arrest. They can't arrest us like, uh, what's that one movie? Harlem Nights where they arrested everybody in yeah. the club. <laughs> and then they had to let everybody go the next day. Yeah, I'm okay with the snowballs, oh. though. To me, that's fun. That's, that's, yeah, it uh, was fun. It's not like the Tennessee, we're all throwing trash at you. Yeah. That and, was a nightmare situation. And, and definitely don't be like Philly fans. I heard my rookie year that Philly fans would take snow and put C&D batteries in them. So I'm glad that didn't happen. That's horrible. It's terrible. If that's Philly true, fans. I believe it. I mean, let's, let's be real here. It's Philly, Philly Eagles fans. When Philly, uh, when Kobe returned to Philly for his first game, they they did boo him. So yeah. with that being said, I, I can believe that when it comes to Philly they fans. They booed Michael Irvin when he had a neck injury. Yeah, the pros and, and cons. And they were clapping. Pros and cons of a gritty fan base. I can speak oh. about that because the Bulls booed. Uh, the the Unfortunately, I don't know if you caught that one. Bulls, oh, this like now? Recently. It would have been recently. Who they, who they For Jerry Krause, widowed wife. Obviously, Jerry Krause is passed. Yeah, the old uh, owner, yeah, she right? got booed. She was crying. Really? Yeah, it was a horrible situation. Oh, I think goodness. that that's, the, now that's rough. The Jordan thirty for thirty. That's, I think hindsight did a lot of damage without oh, realizing it. Yeah, and I heard. I mean, I wasn't that big of a fan, but I was a fan enough to be Michael Jordan fan. But I, even as a kid, I did hear like where he didn't have. You know, he wasn't on the same page as Krause. No, yeah, never was. Yeah, and yeah. It's just interesting. But now they see, they hear that. Dang. Yeah. Well, the fans. Are the fans? They almost don't have no pulse. Sometimes. Yeah, that that was. Like, you gotta have a pulse, man. You gotta have a heart. Man. I just, I just really wonder. Um, we'll go to break here, but I like yeah. if the last dance was never created. I don't think anyone has that strong of an opinion. I don't think people really realize. True, because you know True. he's the only owner. You got six rings with him. <laughs> it's the yeah. best run you've ever had. Um, it was just not a great look for Bulls fans. But with that being yeah. said, we'll go ahead and throw it to break here. This is the Amon Green Show. Host is always to my left. Harrison Arns on the ones and twos. We'll talk to you guys on the other side. This is the Amon Green Show on ninety three seven The Ticket and the TicketFM.com. Brought to you by Doors Plus. Uh, 
All right, welcome back in. The Amon Green Show. Host as always, Amon Green. To my left, we got a couple minutes here left. Uh, we didn't talk about the Detroit Lions yet, who also make their yes, playoff. Yes, we could talk. We got enough time. We could hit that. Yeah, I got a shot of Dan Campbell on the Lions. Awesomeness. Yes, two years. From biting off kneecaps to having a real plan. He's actually done it. He's done it. I love that line. I, love, I said, that is me. I would have said something crazy like that at my press conference. I'm like, because I'm like, like I've been saying, I can't. I think I said it a few times already on this show. I said I don't die, you know, don't die easy. That was Walter Payton's thing. Don't don't go out of bounds without hitting somebody. Don't die easy. Don't get tackled by one person. Like you, when you tackle me, so I'll be telling my players if we, if I was football coaching it right now, like I don't know how chaotic my players would be able to, like how what type of player would I develop because if it was something that I would ideally know. I'm like, man, I'm I'm creating a Tasmanian devil. And they're going to come on that. Every time the ball is kicked off, the other team's going to be like, man, like kind of like us back in the day. It's like, man, we got to play against these dudes again? And we got to do this for four quarters? They just going to beat us up and hit us. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's football. Like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm recruiting physical players. Doesn't matter the size. It's like, it, it, it doesn't matter the size. It's all the bark and the dog. That's what I want. You know, it's like, you could be small, but if you come to play, we play hard. We're not gonna give up. You know, we we're we're beaten when the clock is done. That's the only reason we lose because we were a couple of steps behind, a couple of errors behind. But we're gonna go to the film, correct it, and get right back out there. And you gotta have the best squad on the other side of the field to beat us. Because if not, if you don't have effort, we're gonna beat you. You know, that, yeah. and that's the tough. That's the stuff he would talk about all the time. This is the best compliment I can give Dan Campbell. Is I don't see that Lions team kind of pulling what I saw with the Cowboys, you know, where, or the Eagles. That's yeah. Like then Blake looks give up. With yeah. That. Give up head shaking. Yeah, yeah. In the first half, the game's not over. Like you said, if you beat us, it's going to be because you were the better team when the clock hit zero. Not when that's the it. clock hit the second quarter. Exactly. And that's kind of what I felt like happened um, with the Eagles and Cowboys. The Cowboys was just, it was weird. It was the disaster. It and was. It, you just saw so much head shaking. I'm like, I get it, you're down 14, but also keep in mind how dominant you were all season. Right. And the game's not over. But it just felt like they gave up and it was too late. Just gave the Packers more confidence. Same thing with the Eagles. Nine points against a Buccaneers team that hasn't yeah. been really shoving anyone around. Defensively, they were, they're good, but not you're only going to get nine points. No. So I was very surprised there. And we'll talk about the Bills here. Um, obviously... There's a few storylines in that one. Baker Mayfield, we'll see what happens next for him. But before we go to break here, did you happen to catch the see why did Todd Bowles, head coach of the Buccaneers, not call a timeout when he, had, he could have had the opportunity to get the ball back? Yes, it would have been oh, a long shot. No, I missed that one. I missed that. It would have been a long shot. Yeah. But the Lions uh, basically snapped the ball too early. So if Bowles would have taken the timeout, he would have had the opportunity to get the ball back, try to get a touchdown. It was still a two-score game. Go for the onside Yeah, you got kick. Mike Evans was catching the ball great. Yeah. He was high-pointing the ball. He was... His hands were on. His hands and eyes were on. So, yeah, the opportunity there for what? How many seconds left? There was, I, there was about, I want to say it was like, if when they would have got it, the ball back, it would have been uh, 30. Oh, my God. They would have had about 30 seconds. I how think. many timeouts? I for, I One timeout. That's plenty of time. Yeah. That is an eternity in my world between the receivers that you have. You're not just, you don't just have Mike Evans. You have uh, Trey Palmer, Speedster out of here, out of Nebraska. I don't think he got the touchdown. You know, and so that's an eternity. So, yeah, maybe maybe just a little minute error. But sometimes, you know, errors, that's what gets you out of games, unfortunately. So yeah. he probably knows that as a coach. They Did asked you? him about it at the end, and he he basically kind of said it was a little – it was weird. He basically said the game was over. It was 
that's like, yeah, I've but seen it, crazier things a, happen. This is where I just kind of left right, off on it. Right. It's an interesting read for anyone listening out there. Um, just kind of read Bulls why it's, they didn't decide it's an eight to go point for game. It. Like you could score a touchdown, get the two point this time. We're going overtime. You, like I didn't and, understand it at all. And that's the mindset you got to have. Like mm-hmm. he's been, he's an experience. Not, not taking nothing, nothing away from Todd Bowles. He is an experienced defensive coach, defensive coordinator when he was with Bruce Aarons when he first got there to Tampa. And so you got to have that between faith and just positive thinking. Like, you know what? We can make something happen. And if we don't, at least we try. Yeah. I played baseball enough where my coaches would tell me, hey, on that third strike, I wanted to see you throw, swing the bat. I don't care if you throw the bat at the ball, make an attempt. So I would have, as a team, I want, you know, where my players don't question where I'm at and how I think. As a, as a coach on my team, my players would know, hey, oh, Coach Green, about to, we about to go for it. Yeah. We about to call this timeout, and then we gonna we got one timeout, so that means we could get it, get the ball, get a completion, 20-yard completion, get out of bounds, and we have another one we can get over the middle. Still got your timeout. And we still got a timeout, and then we got to chuck it towards the end zone to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And we've it's, seen it happen before in college football, even though this pro, it happened Milrow with Alabama against Arbor, right? Yeah, scrambles last second, absolute dot to the corner. Right. Could have been Mike Evans. And exactly. So Baker give, Mayfield. always give you, always give your players, you've won as a coach, you put your players in the best position to win, and then always give them that opportunity to win. Mm-hmm. That's two things that you got to remember as a coach, as a coordinator, as an assistant. Think of those things every time when something like this pops up, then you take the coaching out of it and let the players handle it. So, like, you know what? I'm putting the ball in your hands. Here's a play. I know you're going to win that Mike Evans over this DB. Get it out of bounds. Blase, blase. And then boom, you know, maybe. But now he's got something to learn off of in terms of Tom Bowles. Older coach, you can still learn while, you, while you're growing at the same time. Yeah, interesting. It's just a little bit of a culture thing to me. We kind of talked about collecting to hit zero, especially when there's an opportunity to go ahead and t- try to tie things up. But yep. Nonetheless, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for the Amon Green Show. Uh, you guys are always go back on YouTube, rewatch the show. We talked a lot of esports in that first segment. So if you need updates about that, definitely rewatch on YouTube. But that's going to be it for us. Up next, we got the Don't Punt Tower with the Mornay Pearson L. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>